Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Leader of the Catter Party, Robbie Catter, joins us, the member for Tragar. He joins us this morning, and there's a lot going on in the political landscape. Rob, good morning, mate. Thanks for so much what? for being with us this morning on this Wednesday morning. Always a pleasure, Dolly. Well, mate, let's start, and, and um, there's so much to unpack here, but let's start with the roads. Um, and we're seeing rates going up, um, land valuations just gone through the roof from councils and governments. They're absolutely ridiculous. Yet yep. we're talking about roads after this flooding. Uh, they're a dog's breakfast. They're a dog's breakfast. We've got a $7.1 billion cross-river rail sinkhole that's still going. We've got a Gabba that, you know, and, and rightly so, it's a beautiful stadium. If it just got a little bit of, you know, I reckon you could halve that and give it a billion instead of two billion, um, give it a yeah. lick of paint and you'd be right. Yet we've got roads that people, you know, you, you talk about the Dunbar Road between Normandon and, and um, Kawanyama, like, you know, the Burktown Development Road, like unsealed disgusting roads that, you know, are almost undrivable in di- different times of the year. Yeah, well, you know, you've got massive businesses up there and by any scale on that Dunbar Road, not a lot of people, but, um, you know, some people still go up there, but there's uh, massive cattle businesses that pump money into the Queensland economy. And I don't care where you are, like having a road that you can use for three or four months a year is just not acceptable in this day and age. So I, I drove up that road. It had like a little shower of rain. It's probably November, December. And you were driving half the time, you were driving outside the guidepost. So it was better to drive on the scrub, the bare scrub, than on the <laughs> road, which is which is what I believe a state road yeah. going up there. Mate, it's just, you wouldn't believe that exists in Australia. And that's, that's the place where you've got massive businesses that are helping the economy. And, you know, it's a bit hard to take when your politician come down and, um, you know, talking about Gabba rebuilds and um, cross river rail and, and you're faced with, um, you know, stuff you, you should probably need to take the horse and cart along back up in the Gulf. And, you know, I guess, you know, in the context of these floods, you've got an opportunity to find a put the focus back on these and see what we can do to help them. Yeah, and you're dead right. Um, y- y- we've got to try and get these roads. I mean, they, they have these regional conferences and these regional meetings, but they don't let anybody in and they don't. Un- the government don't let anybody listen to what's actually being said. I mean, it- it's laughable what's going on at the moment. Yeah, mate. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> well, all I can say is the... the um, the what's needed up there and their ability to be able to um, meet those those needs. And, and I mean, probably focusing again where the Gulf where you've been smashed and you've got, you'll have um, um, massive land rent increases and um, and uh, leasehold land rent yeah. increases through the, um, and the un, they've just done revaluations. And then I uh, look forward to the roads not working for the next 12 months and you're trying to get your gear back in place. Like you're trying to rebuild houses and fences and what have you, and, um, you know, putting all that in context, it's, it's, yeah, there's, um, there's a lot to be done, mate. Mate, let's talk about the Australian Defence Force. I'm going to get the treaty in a minute, but the Australian Defence Force, you put it in an official request for the Queensland and Commonwealth governments to request a deployment of the Australian Defence Force to the Gulf communities. Now, this is too little too late. You've had to do this. The, the Premier was quick. Um, to send when we had uh, dramas overseas, she sent absolute boatloads, you know, yep. armies. Yet in her own backyard, we get nothing. Mate, all we need is an email or a letter from the um, 
state minister or anyone in, in child and emergency services in the state to send a letter and email to the feds. Dad's done his job down in Canberra and got them all ready. They're ready to go. They've been saying for weeks now. We're, we've ready to go send some defence force. And um, it, it, it's not you can't get much machines up in the Gulf at the moment. Yeah. So they will, you know, there's load limits on the roads and there's not much fuel in there and everything. So it's not much about machine. It's hands on the ground, but you got some poor old um, cattle producers, um, owners of Toronto Roadhouse, but some of the owners of businesses and, and even homeowners themselves, just they're trying to clean mud, dead animals, and the stink and filth. Um, the workers have got earplugs in their noses up there now, recovery, and they're crying out for help. And um, conversations I've been having here, and the state government is like, well, you know, let's just see how we go. Uh, we need to see these <sighs> demonstrating that they need help yet, and not. My I'm God. saying just talk talk to the bloody mayor or the <laughs> director of engineering up there. They'll tell you <laughs> what they need because yeah. that's who I'm talking to, people on the ground. And um, But trying to make anything happen, mate, I, like, it's very, very frustrating and uh, we can do better than this. So oh, um, There's no yeah, two ways about that. Frustrating. Yeah, and, and rightly so. Mate, talk to me now. Um, let's talk about this tick and flick policy of the government, you know, for the first Australians. I mean – Oh, yeah. you, you know the, the, the treaty, um, and, and you've you, you've absolutely lashed out over it. the lack of um, consultation with the indigenous community when they go about this kind of stuff. Just begs to believe. Yeah, yeah well, but I'm just very cynical with the whole thing. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some good sentiment in there from some, but there's just too many academics and politicians that just love words and love promoting ideas rather than fixing problems and. I'd like to think that KAP has always just been about fixing problems. And um, for someone that's just trying to fix problems, I look at this stuff with a lot of cynicism. And that was, um, that my cynicism, I think, was justified when the, the, they're spending, they're talking about $300 million for the halfway to treaty in the state government. So they won't be facilitating the federal government will, but the state government's um, putting $300 million towards it for a pathway to treaty. And that bill, they didn't even bother going to, um, Many yeah. communities. I went to Weeper, I think, in the Cape. But there's there'd be you know five or ten communities up there they could have gone to. They just went to Weeper, the main main town, and um, apart didn't go to anything in the Gulf. And it's like it's pretty much to me like you don't want to hear because they'll give you a mouthful about everything else out there about grocery prices, rheumatic heart disease, housing, blue cards, and <laughs> but they don't want to hear all that. They just want to. Pick and flick out there and said, "Oh yeah, everyone seems to want a treaty, and that's great." And you know, and it's almost mate, laughable, just, to me, it? it's all bloody. Yeah. It, uh, to me, it's just nonsense, and and yeah. nothing will change, and nothing will improve for those poor people up there. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's a, um, it, it's a really big thing. And when they come out and say things like, "Oh, we we've got unfinished business," and walk into a much brighter tomorrow, you know, for twenty, yeah. like seriously. Well, what, why, now? Good, what, why now? Why now? Why haven't they like the banning government? Like you've been banging on about this for uh, six, seven years. Like seriously, yeah. like it, it, well, it's beyond a joke. It is, mate, and and I proved that I proved they're all full of it because of, um, my third blue card bill went into parliament a few weeks ago, and um, the basis of that was given the decision making on who can work with your kids back to the community, which I thought would be the exact principle of what the voice is trying to achieve. So give the voice back to the community, leave the blue card regulatory framework in place, but just give the decision-making back to the community. And the answer from the government, the Labor government in Queensland, was if you do that, you'll compromise the safety of the kids if you give that decision-making back to the community. 
And I thought, well, there you go. There you have it. You don't mean a word that what you're saying with this treaty and, and the voice. Because so, wow. if you did, you would have voted for this bill. But they said it time and time again in the debate. If you do that, you'll compromise the safety of the kids if you give the decision-making back to it. So I, I call BS on it all. Dobbo, I proved it in Parliament and State, and um, and that's where we'll stand on it. We'll, we'll continue to try and fix real problems in those communities while they continue to talk about it in, uh, in mainstream media and, uh, and down in the universities and uh, yeah. Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra. Appreciate your time this morning, mate, doing a fantastic job. Great to chat, uh, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Robbie Catter, uh, leader of the Catter Party. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today.